we like to think that things are black and white, but when you take things so far, you kind of come around full circle and you become what you oppose. You know, if you're trying to uh, never be wrong, you always want to be right. Well, you end up becoming really ignorant. So the quest to seem smart, you become really ignorant. If you only want money and that's all you're pursuing and you forget about quality time and friends and family, you're actually quite poor. You're quite empty. Pretty much any movement that's like anti something, if it goes anti hard enough, it kind of becomes that thing. You are listening to The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi. What is up, everybody? This is Chase. So long story short, we were childhood sweethearts turned husband and wife in our early 20s. Despite following the mainstream script for happiness, we actually divorced for three years. Only to later reunite as soulmates with a brand new outlook on love, God, health, and the real medicines of the universe. If you find yourself wondering, is there more to this life, to health, to God, to love? Then you are in the exact right place. Consider this your bridge to expansion for body, mind, and relationships. We are uncovering and discovering with you. Let's go take the medicine. Hello, hello, audio friends. Welcome to episode 127, a very special and different type of episode of The Medicine. We brought on one of our good friends, a true pioneer artist in the consciousness space. Mark Wooding, the talented and, dare I say, genius behind the animations of After School, whose novel approach has amassed 2.25 million subscribers on YouTube. And for good reason, you guys, people want this education. (laughs) Mark has a unique way of bringing potentially confusing or complex issues to life with creativity and fun. From great minds like Alan Watts or Eckhart Tolle, and even comedians like Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle. When I watch After School, I sort of forget that I'm expanding my consciousness because I'm also being entertained at the same time. So in this episode, we are sharing actual clips taken from four different videos on Mark's channel. We all get to listen in on the wisdom from these videos, then Mark, Chase, and myself offer our takeaways and opinions. We are lifting the veil on Mark's creative intentions behind his work. He has hundreds of incredible videos, but we narrowed it down to four of our favorites. You can check the show notes to watch the full videos on YouTube, which we highly recommend. If you appreciate Mark's work, I invite you to consider supporting his Patreon monthly like Chase and I do. For less than you'd spend on like a latte or a green juice, you can support Mark's work and energetically contribute to our world expanding its consciousness. Personally, I believe this is a very small act with a significant ripple effect. Let's help create the more beautiful and unified world we all want to live in. Just go to patreon.com forward slash after school. That's after school, S-K-O-O-L. And please share this episode and tag us and after school on Instagram. We would love to see what you guys thought of this type of episode and what you want more of. Okay, enjoy my loves. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi and I got my love, my beautiful man here with me. What is going on, everybody? God, I'm so stoked to have this episode (laughs) finally coming out. 
We've been talking about it forever. We had Mark on like Mark is one of the OG yeah. medicine guests. Yeah. And what's crazy is from the time you were on, um, you have since moved close to where we live and we've become like just freaking awesome friends. And uh, I thoroughly enjoy our time and our yeah. conversations together. So it was inevitable that we get you back on the podcast, jump through some of your more, your more recent work and reintroduce everybody who listens to the medicine to Mark Wooding. Welcome on, man. Thanks for having me. And I'd like to say that you two are a big part of the reason why I actually chose to move down to San Diego, because I'm like, people down here seem so happy and healthy <laughs> and smart. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's been a great year, year and a half getting to know you guys. And, and thanks for teaching me how to grow mushrooms. Yeah, yes. yeah totally. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's just been great. We, we love every time we get to hang out with you, talk to you because you're one of those people that really, um, has a lot to say, but you're, you're very intentional with what you say and how you say it. And, um, I think that that's just really rare to get someone who's equal parts. Like I have a lot to say, but I also want to listen a lot. And you're so intentional with, um, you know, hearing people and, and like really mulling things over like, Hmm, you're, it just seems like you're always thinking about what it is that the other person is saying, like really running it through your system before you just immediately respond. And, uh, I feel like that is a ninja life skill these days. Um, <laughs> But well, it's yeah. become a bit of a problem because sometimes I, I listen so intently that I think about what they're saying so deeply that I forget to respond. And it seems like I'm not <laughs> listening at all. <laughs> I can I like see it. that. Yeah. Slow yeah. to speak. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's somewhere in the Bible. Yeah. Slow to speak. <laughs> right. I, think, I think Jesus or Moses or one of those guys mentioned it was, you know, productive. Totally. Um, you know, your work is, I mentioned it the first time we did a recording, but I'll, I'll refresh everybody here. It was so transformational for me. At a time in my life when I was at an absolute low, I had completely hit burnout in my professional career and I, I was divorced. I guess I'm still divorced, but I was divorced and separated from the love of my life um, and was just wondering like, man, there's got to be more to this life. There's got to be something else. And I'd heard of this Alan Watts character and I've never done well with like reading books or like just reading text. And so I have typically gone to YouTube to find much of my education. So type in, type in Alan Watts and uh, here's like, you know, a cartoonized version of some of his uh, work and it ends up being your content on after school. And it's beautifully artistically represented um, through your art and through your uh, whiteboard um, representations of these various, you know, great thinkers ideas. And for me, it was just an immediate download. Like I'm, I was able to take these really, you know, profound ideas and concepts and actually understand them in a whole new way, just by being able to experience them through their art. I've shared to countless people. There are countless accounts of feedback from other individuals that are like, holy shit, this is changing my life. <laughs> um, this is also really fun. I feel like I get to watch cartoons yet expand my consciousness at the same time. And so just so much gratitude for what you do. And it's been even more in the last year and a half to two years as this sliding world that we live in completely turns its inside out and is, is questionable in, in every way, shape and form to have this consistent database of information that can just grow the human experience and pose questions that we all should be asking. Um, it's really invaluable. And I'm so stoked that we get to share a little bit more of what you do today. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> that is <clears throat> incredibly humbling to hear. And yeah, I, I never really imagined where this would go. It just kind of started intuitively just sketching and drawing and and asking the same questions that you were asking, seeking the truth and just kind of pulling that thread of my curiosity and it you never know where it'll take you. Yeah, I love that. I mean, for me, uh, I, I was introduced uh, to your work through Chase and immediately I was like, this is play. And as adults, we, it's so easy to just forego um, different forms of play in our life. And it, it just seems sort of like trivial, but there's a reason why children are so creative and so happy and so carefree. It's because one of the reasons I believe is because they, they involve themselves in play on a regular basis. And not only does it seem like play for you, you know, so this creative artistic expression that you get to call work, but also for the watcher, for the listener, for the viewer, it's, you can't even like, <clears throat> you can't anticipate what it is that you're going to draw next. Every representation of taking multiple different concepts and putting them into this beautiful nature scene or this way of looking at technology or the uh, dominating culture or whatever it is, like, it's just mind boggling the way that you are able to bring these concepts together and then make it also fun for the viewer. And the viewer has no idea, maybe they don't have no idea, but they forget that they're like learning about really intense, deep concepts and, and they're able to kind of um, uh, just take it in with art, which is so much more meaningful than just listening to a lecture. Um, so there's our gushing over Mark and, and how much it's like impacted our lives and the people that uh, we have shared it with. Um, but just uh, you are one of the most amazing artists I've ever seen in my life, for sure. Aww. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Wow. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, you guys are amazing. And you, you have opened my eyes up to so many new topics and um, definitely really inspired by what you guys are doing. And it's been fun watching you grow. Yeah. Thanks, man. And, Thanks. Uh, when you were saying that, it kind of reminded me of this Carl Sagan quote. I, I can't say it word for word, but he it's pretty famous where he talks about what his experience was like going in and talking to kindergartners on the first day of kindergarten. And all, all their questions are so deep. You know, what is a dream? Why is the sky blue? Um, and then he goes to kids after high school and they don't have curiosity anymore. And so that was one of the things that, that scared him or startled him the most is that somewhere along our education path in the school system, we lose that sense of wonder and that kind of like thirst for life. And uh, Carl Jung, who I am uh, <clears throat> do a lot of content around, he proposes that the whole goal, the whole purpose of adulthood is to rediscover that child you left behind. So the yeah. first half of life is you're all potential. You're, you're nothing, you're all potential. And the first half of life is kind of about becoming something because you're really nothing and manifesting that potential. But then the second half of life is really rediscovering that child. So you can kind of like, when you combine capability with imagination, that's where you get like incredible creations. Mm, yeah. I love that combination of capability and imagination. That's awesome. No, it's perfect. We'll be talking about a ton of that stuff today. Um, you know, the ego, we're talking about authority and these programs that have kind of put us off, off course, if you will. 
Um, so what we did today to structure the episode, hey, if you're listening, guys, on audio, you're really going to want to check out the video for this because we're going to be sharing clips from four different um, pieces that Mark has put together over the last you know, year or so um, that have been extremely relevant in the world that we live in today. Um, and the animations are, are speak significantly louder than words. Yeah. So you're really going to want to check these out. They're clips from the full uh, episodes. Obviously, so, we'll put the, the links to the full episode full uh, video in the show notes. But I encourage everybody to not only check these episodes out in full, but binge just the subscribe. entire archive. Subscribe, turn on the bell, like get notifications. Um, if you're going to learn, like make it fun. Yeah. And, and after school is, is the way to do that. Yeah. So we're going to jump into each one of these. Uh, we're going to show the clip to everybody. And then we're just going to, you know, bullshit a little bit about, about, you know, what this is yeah. about, what Mark's intentions were, and, and really, you know, some takeaways that Megan and I both have had by viewing. Yeah. Them. I would love to know first, before we get into that, we have to ask you, we, we ask every guest, what do you love in your life, Mark? What aspect of your life do you love so much that you wish you could gift it to every human? I just got to say, I love tech censorship. That's probably <laughs> the best thing. <laughs> I love being censored and just shadow banned. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, pretty much the opposite of that. I love that. I couldn't pick any other time in history to live more. I mean, I love, although we constantly are hearing how terrible the world is and how everything's collapsing, I think we're living in this incredibly rich, special time where if you are a creative person, there's pretty much no reason why the world shouldn't know about your work or see your work. Like you, there's no barriers to entry. I don't know if I'm answering your question, but you know, really you can like, now anybody can create and anybody can get that out to the world. Uh, aside from the censorship, but you know, it's yeah. a, it's a pretty awesome, encouraging time. Yeah. Creative freedom. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Hey, did you hear for two years now, Chase and I have been keeping a delicious secret from you. And now the secret is out launching this summer is our very own mushroom elixir formulation called mushy love latte. In this caffeine-free mushroom latte, you'll be getting a full gram of organic chaga and tremella mushroom. That's three to four times more mushrooms than other brands that are out there. No gut-disrupting sweeteners, just organic maple sugar, organic ingredients, oh yeah, and it tastes like a liquid cinnamon roll. If your mushy loving heart is intrigued, I invite you to add yourself to our mushy love VIP list. You'll get early presale access, an exclusive discount, and even behind the scenes content on Instagram. To join, just go to themedicine.com forward slash mushy love. Remember that medicine is spelled without an E on the end and mushy love is M-U-S-H-Y-L-O-V-E and scroll to the bottom to add your info, or you can just check the show notes for the direct link. We are so stoked to be sharing with you two of our favorite things, mushrooms and love in mushy love coming summer 2022. Cheers, boo. Absolutely. All right. Let's get into it. We will pull up the first uh, clip from a video called Reject Authority, Trust Yourself. Uh, This is spoken by the legend, Terrence McKenna. I suggest to you that this is precisely what we should seek to do 
we empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. It's a wonderful thing to learn to be able to stand up and yell bullshit because so much is being slung and nobody is talking about the primacy of experience and the dignity of the individual. The dignity of the individual. We went a long way with this in America before we betrayed it. And it wasn't only betrayed by the clowns in Washington. It's also betrayed by anybody who clusters themselves around the feet of some self-proclaimed nabob. Because the fact of the matter is, nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows. Nobody has the faintest idea. The best guesses are lies. You may be sure of it. And so to pretend that one human being will lead another out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth is ludicrous, absolutely grotesque, a product of this empowering of the human image that has gone on through several thousand years of dominator culture. If you want a teacher, try a waterfall or a mushroom or a mountain wilderness or a storm-pounded seashore. This is where the action is. It's not back in the hive. It's not in the anthill. It's not knocking your head against the floor in front of somebody who claims that because of their lineage and whose feet they washed and whose feet they washed that you should give credence to them. Knowledge is provisional. And uh, we, we are yet to approach even the first moment of civilized understanding. The way it is to be done is by trusting yourself, trusting your intuition, Reject authority. Authority is a lie and an abomination. Authority will lead you into ruin. It's not real. That was a great clip. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we wanted to put the whole thing on all of these because yeah. it's all so good. But um, I think, yeah, it's a really powerful clip talking about, you know, authority and these different concepts that we all kind of are born into and just accept because everyone else does. Yeah. So, so let us know, Mark, like, what was important about this for you? One, Terrence McKenna is like, he one has the voice of, uh, you know, Templeton the Rat from uh, Charlotte's Web. I used to like put his lectures on as I fell asleep at night and would wake up like with his voice reverberating in my brain. Um, but I absolutely love this guy. And what was it about this clip or this, this video specifically, this piece from him that you really resonated with and then hoped to resonate with the viewer? Yeah, well... I'm a big fan of Terrence and I, there's a quote from him that I always, I always write it out. I always put it in my posts. I've probably said this quote more times than any other quote. And it's, if you don't have a plan, you become a part of somebody else's plan. It's such a simple sentence, but it, it clearly lays out like we have our, our conscious mind. And if we use our conscious mind, we get closer to our truth, our wishes, our desires, where we want to go in life. You know, when you think about what you you want to achieve, that's a conscious thought. But most of the time we operate on the subconscious mind where we're not thinking about, we're not aware. We're kind of just scrolling or we're just on autopilot or just playing out these programs and conditioning that we've, these programs have been 
drilled into us. And so I think that message really resonated with me because it was about using your conscious mind more and kind of rejecting these like puppeteers that um, make plans for you. And it's kind of like saying, you don't need to join a side. You don't need to be anything that people tell you you are. You know who you are, trust yourself, and you are your own side. And I'm pretty sure I released that kind of at a funny time. It might've been right before the election. I'm not, I'm not sure. It was a few years ago when everybody was, I mean, we're still super divided, but it was where everybody was just like trying to figure out what side you were on. And I was like, stop, stop worrying about what side you're, you're going to pick, just make your own side. So that was kind of the idea. That was, I think, uh, the first time that we really hung out with you. I remember you saying that, like, you don't have to pick a side, be your own side, pick your own side. What are your thoughts? What are your opinions? And, uh, I I know this is something that's like a core value of yours just by us being friends with you, but also there is a common theme in um, the videos that you choose, which I think is, is one of the reasons why they all resonate with us so much, because it's a theme of our podcast, which is turning the individual back into their own intuition, back into their own self, soul, whatever you want to call it, and away from maybe some of these structures that would take your power with or without you knowing it. And so I think that's one reason why we resonate so deeply with so many of your videos. Yeah, I think a, a quote pulled out of that the, from the clip is, the way it is to be done is by trusting yourself, trusting your intuition, reject authority. Authority is a lie and an abomination. Authority will lead you into ruin. And going back to what we were talking about, even at the start of the podcast, we're born into this world and we're given these various authority figures that at least in like our culture, we're essentially told at a very young age, they are perfect to be respected, to be obeyed. Teachers, coaches, pastors, church leaders, adults in general. And it's a kind of a mindfuck because then you get into adulthood and I'm like, oh my God, I'm the same age at 31 than some of the teachers that I had. And I have a ton of, ton of issues. I, mean, I got a ton of problems myself. And I was wholesale subscribing to anything and everything that these individuals said as a kid. And that is just such a slippery slope. It's tough because we're told to obey. We're told to outsource to these authorities for anything in life, health, uh, you know, religion, relationships, you know, work, the bosses, the boss authority figure. And then if, if that's the muscle that's been groomed over the course of time and the world starts to split and there starts to become these polarizing authorities, it's a recipe for what we've been finding in the last couple of years, nothing but confrontation, nothing but hostility between which authority you subscribe to. Right. And I found some pretty good teachers. And one of the, one of the marks that I, in a good teacher that I really take a look at is if they can say, I don't know, or if they can say I was wrong here. Yes. Uh, if somebody is, has this like infallible knowledge I'm really like, that's the authority that I reject. But, you know, I love seeking out experts in the field. But for instance, like Randall Carlson, I've been doing a lot of trips with him. And like, part of the time, I'll ask him a question, he'll say straight up, I don't know. But if he does know the answer, then he 
damn sure knows the answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I listen up. Yeah. yeah that's a, that's, that's a really a great thing to think about as we, uh, you know, we're all kind of filtering out people that we want to pay attention to. I think that that's a really uh, important quality is do they have the ability to say when they're wrong, or maybe they don't have the answer. And that's something that we ask all the time guests that come on here is like, when was the last time you, that, that you changed your mind in, in a significant way? And it's really cool to see, to hear people's answers. Yeah. Um, because that's, that's a valuable skill I think is to be able to question yourself yeah. and yeah, no, it's, it's perfect. And it's, it's indication of humanity is just to be able to change and evolve and, and potentially get things wrong. But what doesn't feel wrong. And I loved that Terrence references this as he says, if you want to teach or try a waterfall or a mushroom or a mountain wilderness or a storm pounded seashore, I think everybody's, you know, nature is an incredible teacher because it doesn't run the risk of contradicting itself through language. It's experiential communication. And those, you know, some call them downloads. Um, some call them just the noetic sense of being with something that is alive and, and significantly more intelligent and profound than your individual self that you feel a knowledge. And I think that's what things like mushrooms, that's what things like just even being on, on the top of a mountain, looking over the landscape of a, of a valley or a, a, you know, a, a wilderness, and you get this sense of like, I'm not going to be able to articulate what I'm experiencing, but I can tell that my knowledge has taken a level up. Mm. Yeah, there's a, a pretty famous uh, Friedrich Nietzsche uh, quote, if you stare at the abyss long enough, the abyss will start staring back at you. Mm. And I really like that. Like you could stare at a waterfall and you could go up to it and take a picture of it really quick and then walk away. Or you could look at it for hours and just you get, you kind of like get more and more out of it. You, and you can do this with anything in nature. You can pick up like an acorn that you walk over every day and never pay attention to. And then you can really stare at this thing and observe the geometry of it and how aerodynamic it is and how this has evolved over millions of years. So you can yeah. take anything as far as you want. Yeah. I love that. I love uh, immersing ourselves in nature and just sometimes you don't even know what it is that you're learning. Sometimes it, it's not like, wow, I really learned a beautiful lesson from that leaf. It's sort of like on an energetic or astral level where it's like, I, I don't even, like you said, like, I don't even know if I would be able to articulate this fully, but you come away with more reverence maybe, or more just um, faith in the perfection that everything is happening as it should, you know, in nature. And it, it's not always perfect, but um, yeah, I think that we can, we can almost like on an energetic level, extract uh, goodness from, from nature yeah. that it doesn't require language. Yeah. I think it's a comfort in the unknown, you know, nature is mysterious and sure we've been able to scientifically validate a few things in the way that it operates, but at large it's mysterious. And when you kind of jump into nature, it continues to be mysterious, but it's a comfortable mystery. It's not this fear of the unknown. It's rather comfort in the unknown. And that's a critically important thing to take into life because guess what? Life's unknown. And these authority figures don't actually know, like Terrence yeah. is saying. Another, another quote, he actually goes on in the video. Everybody watch the full video. But he says, institutions seek to maximize control, control, control. That is what they are into. Did you think that they were in the business of enlightening you? saving your soul, forget it. 
control is what it is all about. And I think even the intentions of even the greatest you know, authority figures, the greatest leaders will ultimately have that moment where their authority is potentially in jeopardy and they will seek to then pivot to more of a control type um, energy or a control type mechanism with which the way they, they lead or teach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred um, percent. There's a couple of ways I wanted to respond to that, but <clears throat> Something that came to my mind a little bit earlier was uh, about being at that borderline between chaos and, and the unknown and um, taking lessons from nature. I went on a hike uh, last week and the, my life had been kind of chaotic. I wasn't feeling so well. And so we went on this walk by the ocean and the waves were massive, like 10 foot waves just crashing against these rocks. And I was like, good God, those things are huge. And then, you know, I'm looking out there for a while and I see this little speck out in the, in the waves. And I'm like, that is, that's a sea otter. <laughs> and this sea otter was completely just chilling in these like giant, huge, like turbulent waters. And I just watched this thing for so long. And I'm like, how is he just completely relaxed in this absolute chaos? And I mean, the sea otter is just hanging out on its back and then a giant wave would come and it would kind of like very nonchalantly go under the wave and then pop back up. And I'm thinking, you know, I kind of got a lesson from it. Like, wow, look how comfortable it is. And and like, maybe I can take some, some of that energy and take it home with me. Yeah. Mm, I love that. What a good example. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of like a a concrete lesson. Like I can just ride the wave of, of chaos, whatever it is. It's, it's always going to change. It's always going to end. Nothing is permanent. And, and maybe that's one of the greatest lessons that nature can teach us is cycles and change. And there's always something new. This is never going to be the eternal state. It's always changing. Mm-hmm. So no matter what you're going through, uh, it, it's, it, it's going to be different sooner or later, whether that's good or bad. Hey, hey, homies. All right. Here's a question we get all the time. Is it okay for generally healthy people to take immune Intel AHCC, or is it just for people with serious illness? This is a great question. And most of the world is aware now just how critical a healthy functional immune system is in order to maintain long-term health. But it's still easy to forget about your immune system until it's too late, until there's a breakdown somewhere, until your body is dealing with something quite serious. So what happens when generally healthy people take AHCC? Well, it's sort of like fixing the roof when the sun is shining. And now your house is much less likely to flood because of a leak. How does it do this? AHCC works like a boss to quickly enhance the immune system, cell function, and communication. For example, the NK, natural killer cells, these are white blood cells that specialize in attacking tumor cells and cells infected with viruses. AHCC has proven to increase your NK cells by up to 800% in a matter of weeks. And T-cells, these immune soldiers are important because they help direct your body's immune response. Certain types of T-cells can actually seek out and kill foreign invaders. And AHCC helps promote optimal T-cell activity. I know that I want this intelligence in my body every single day. So Chase and I both take at least two capsules of Immune Intel AHCC every single day without fail. 
If you'd like to start blessing your body with this daily intelligence, go to themedicine.com forward slash products, or just check the show notes below. Cheers, boo. Yeah, Terrence McKenna said that the greatest lesson from psychedelics is that nothing lasts. Just mm. understanding that nothing lasts. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Perfectly put. Any any closing thoughts before we move on to video number two? Uh, let's do the next one. All yeah, right. Let's do it. Thank you, Terrence. Moving on <laughs> to the illusion of money, time, and ego with the one and only Alan Watts. Well, I have a sort of suggestion. And that is this, that before we decide either to save the planet or to destroy it, we pause for a moment of silence. I don't mean that kind of grim silence which one observes when somebody says, uh, such and such a famous person has just died and we'll observe a moment of silence in his honor and everybody frowns and thinks very serious thoughts. That's not silence at all. I mean real silence, in which we stop thinking and experience reality as reality is. Because after all, if I talk all the time, I can't hear what anyone else has to say. And if I think all the time, and by that I mean specifically, talking to yourself subvocally inside your skull. If I think all the time, I have nothing to think about except thoughts. And so I'm never in touch with the real world. Now what is the real world? Some people have the theory that the real world is material or physical. I say it's made a kind of a stuff. Other people have the theory that the real world is spiritual or mental. But I want you to point out that both those theories of the world are concepts. They are constructions of words. And the real world is not an idea. It is not words. Reality is... find therefore that if you get with reality all sorts of illusions disappear all right the great alan watts so so this video he's, he's setting up this idea that our reality in you know quotation marks is made up mostly of concepts and ideas and that really being present is significantly different. You know, he goes on in the video and everybody check out the full video to, you know, what he's setting the table for is, is that these ideas of money, time, and ego are these concepts. There's not reality in, in the way that presence is real in each one of these buckets. And it's so important. I think presence gets really thrown around in the self-development space. It's like a super buzzy word about being present. But what I love about that clip 
is he allows you to feel it for a minute. And I think he's like ringing yeah, a, gong a gong or something, but you can't help if you're paying attention to actually forget about the fact that you're even watching a video, the fact that you're listening to him talk because you're sitting in the present moment of what this sound experience is really like. Yeah. I, I was going to add to that, you know, uh, this, this, you know, he's talking about that's not reality. Those are concepts. And that's kind of hard to wrap your mind around. You're like, what do you mean that that is my reality? Um, and, and he goes on later in the, in the video to give this analogy or give this explanation of like money. We all like money is currency, um, but it's an idea. It's that we've all uh, uh, agreed upon the value or whatever of this different currency. But he says that it's a, it's an idea. It's a concept because if you're stuck on a desert Island, money's not going to do anything for you. You need food, you need water, you need companionship, you need a boat. Like money doesn't do anything for you because it's an idea. It's not something real. You can't eat money. So in and of itself, it doesn't actually have a function. It's the idea or the concept that we've attached to money. So I really like that example because at first I was kind of like, what does he mean here? But then he, he goes on to use that. And, and I, I really like that explanation. Yeah. So, so what, you know, Mark, in, in your evaluation of the plethora of Alan Watts options to, to make content for, and you have, I think probably four or five others. Um, what about this one really, you know, resonates for you? Uh, what were you hoping was kind of the big idea or the big takeaway for people as they went through this? Yeah, I think all the Alan Watts videos kind of center around a, a theme of taking apart an idea that we kind of assume to be true, or we've just built our life around thinking that this thing is real. And then very, in very simple language, he'll take that idea apart and completely just in a very beautiful way, tear your whole world down, but then he'll rebuild you. You know, that's, he's so good at, you know, you have this idea of who you are and he'll completely just pull that apart. And you're like, well, then who am I? And then by the end, he'll rebuild you and, and you'll, you're thinking you're the sun. You're thinking you're every flower. You're like, you know, you feel supercharged. Yeah. <laughs> I love Alan Watts because uh, when you are a, a teacher or a preacher, um, it can be uh, enticing to want to use big words and posture up as like an authority figure and, and sound smart and come across. You're kind of worried about your reputation or, or the way you're coming, you're being heard but Alan Watts is, is really, he's so gifted at, at simplifying things into very simple language that, I mean, you can show that video to a, a five-year-old and they'll get something from it. They mm -hmm. might get more from it than a, than a 50-year-old. <clears throat> and I think that was genius of him to, um, instead of using a bunch of words that are kind of clunky to describe what the present moment is, he just hit that gong and let everybody in the crowd kind of wake up and that part was interesting because I was like, oh boy, what am I going to draw for, to represent that present moment? Because that part of the video is about 30 seconds where no words are being said. And that means I have to have an image on screen that's really good. That's going to hold that viewer's attention for 30 seconds. And some people might think their computer's broken. They're like, is the screen frozen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until it blinks. So I, yeah. So I put a lot of effort into that drawing and then I've kind of that's a really reoccurring drawing that I use a lot of those, like the eyes in the sky represent God. And it's kind of like this formless world of color. And, and it kind of goes down into like more solid geometric shapes. 
like platonic solids and then you get to like this tree of life that's like bursting below it and it has like this double helix dna that's of a trunk that's wrapping mm -hmm. around kind of like bringing this formless world into the material and then you have the plane of earth which we kind of live most of our lives on and in that drawing that plane looks like a very thin little insignificant thing yeah. and then below that is like a whole other world of roots and creation and it's kind of represents as above so below mm -hmm. i'm so glad you described that that was one of my questions was that is a recurring there's some recurring patterns in some of your other work uh from this you know video specifically and that being one of them and i'm so glad you explained the a little bit of the why and the representations of that because again like the the these are complex ideas and oftentimes you can kind of miss them if all you're doing is reading or listening but your art is this port it's this transportation device into actually understanding the content uh, on a deeper way or in a way that maybe is more tangible i think you know alan watts is probably doing this lecture in like the 60s or something and so for us to have this you know resonating applicability to the modern day your art really is able to have this other language approach to being able to understand these things yeah and, and you're using so many different senses right like if we were to just listen to this lecture from the 60s just on our you know phone or whatever uh, through our computer we would just be using our ears obviously and when you combine it with colorful beautiful engaging entertaining uh you know art is you're also engaging your eyes and the mind in a different way but the blending of the two uh, is so beautiful and it, it makes it that much more memorable for for the viewer and I'm sure you've heard that a hundred times uh, but it's really unique in that way and um, you know speaking to what you just explained like the the pair of eyes that is in almost every one of your videos that I love so much because it really depicts this kind of innate intelligence that you can just like feel all the time if you're really if you really want to you can and that innate intelligence is also in each one of us and it's also in every flower and every tree and i love that you take these different concepts of like dna the double stranded helix and you create a tree out of it because you're 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 showing that everything is 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 blending and it's all connected and uh i've just never seen anyone else uh explain things or, or showcase things that way and it's it's just so freaking spot on oh thank you <laughs> I, I realize that a lot of this interview right now is just like us gushing and oh, uh you know i guess a question isn't really in there but it's just like um yeah mm. we're just we're fangirling i love it you know, oh, i really appreciate it oh i was just gonna say i think there's something really special about my art plus alan watts i don't know why i feel like that's just it's like a combination that just works so well because his his voice is like from the deep past and when you kind of hear it it almost sounds to me it sounds a little bit like god yeah and um i'm trying to bring those older concepts that have kind of been lost and trying to bring them into this new digital world in a very approachable way and it's it's crazy how relevant those ideas still are and they kind of become more and more relevant the more our world kind of rocks back and forth yeah, yeah. it makes me wonder what some of these great thinkers if they were living today would actually mm -hmm. be thinking of all of these things that they potentially foresaw or felt back then um you know the rest of the video goes on to to basically ask like you know is time part of reality 
Is your ego who you really are? Is money real wealth? And the video really represents, you know, like I, this idea that money, time, and personality or, or ego are just illusions that society's invented. Alan Watts proposes that there is no time, you know, only the present, uh, that there's no past or future except these concepts in your mind. And the ego is another illusion. I think it's that's another word that's thrown around a ton in the spiritual self-development space, but you know, what is it really? And I think it's just that we've been conditioned to believe that our personality is who we actually are. And so when he explains that the ego is only a small, limited fraction of the real you, mm-hmm. it really pushes you to examine like, you know, what am I beyond my achievements, beyond what other people have labeled me as? And so a consistent theme here is like, where are you attached to something external that you're looking at as almost a resume to define yourself and, and who you are rather than just the, the natural present vibration of you. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he talks about the same thing with money. You know, he, he uses the, the, the menu and food analogy. Yeah. Where, money represents wealth the way a menu represents the food. Exactly. And we're living a life where we're more concerned with the menu than actually experiencing the food. We're more concerned mm-hmm. with what we appear to be versus experiencing ourselves in authenticity. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think a lot of people are waking up to that now. I mean, especially with what our money is currently doing. Yeah. People are kind of like running away from money, you know, in a way and trying to figure out all these different avenues to put it into. Yeah. So I'm curious, um, you know, a question that's just popped up in my mind is you've listened to how many, probably thousand hours now of all these different great thinkers that um, really talk about the illusion of things like time and self and ego. How have you changed? How have you changed your view of yourself by working with these thinkers and teachers and then really, I mean, you have to get, your work is intimate. You're, you're displaying their ideas through your hand. How have you changed as you look at yourself or interact with yourself after interacting with all of these teachers? Well, I've definitely, I think I've become a lot more self-aware, but it's, it's really hard to like assess yourself. This is part of the awareness. It's very easy to assess others yeah, and say, Oh, I've seen, I see you've changed, but it's, it's difficult to see it within yourself. But you always, you know, each day seems pretty much like the day before, but you look back and things are so different 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Let's see, how have I changed through the course of this journey? I guess if you go back to my very first videos, I'm almost like, who was that guy? You know, <clears throat> and I've, I've taken things so much deeper and I know that I'm not finished. You know, the ideas that I, I'm at right now will probably be quite shallow to me in like five years. And I've, I've kind of taken down a few videos and I've changed my mind on big things. I used to think that humans were kind of like uh, the saviors of the world. And we, this was like our, our garden. And mm. now I'm quite convinced that we're just kind of like living in this world and, you know, the earth does not need us to save it. Although, you know, I'm a big fan of conservation and protecting the nature, you know, we're just kind of like visitors here. Mm. and the nature does not need us to like take care of it you know nature we are an insignificant little speck in the grand scheme of things in the grand scheme of time and space so but at the same time that speck is everything so it's kind of like 
you have these two conflicting ideas. That's another yeah. thing as I, I try to look at contradictions within myself and yeah, that was yeah. a terrible answer. I'm sure. No, no, <laughs> I, I, I love it. No, I, it brings up so many things. I, I think like anything that's true is also a paradox, right? Like it also, it, it, truth of something like innately has polarity in it, inside the truth, embedded, impregnated uh, inside the truth. And, and what you're just saying is like nature doesn't depend on us to thrive. It's going to like, you take humans away and nature would just reinvent itself. Re, it would reinvigorate itself. It doesn't need us to thrive. Um, but it also like does need us to take care of it while we're visitors here. So there's like two conflicting things. So, uh, I, I totally hear you. Yeah. It's like humans are the narcissistic parent in a family of nature that includes a lot more than themselves, but they think the entire world revolves around yeah. them. And, and we've been an abusive narcissistic parent to, uh, the world that we get to live in. Um, you know, one kind of parting thought, I guess, before we move on to the next video is, so much of what Alan Watts teaches, and he, he talks about it in this um, full video, even, even deeper, but is just how much fear drives so much of our you know, decisions. These attachments that we put into things like time, money, and our personality, a lot of times come out of this insecurity. And another quote that he has that I, that I jotted down for this, um, just because it's, it's so awesome, is he says, to put it still more plainly, the desire for security and the feeling of insecurity are the same thing. You know, we do all these things to find security and, and to find definition so that God forbid we, we you know, don't lose something. He says to hold your breath is to lose your breath. A society based on the quest for security is nothing but a breath retention contest in which everyone is as taut as a tight as a drum and as purple as a beat. And I just love that because speaking of polarity, Every effort for security is, is also an expression of insecurity. Every effort of not to be afraid is an expression of fear. And we just got to fucking accept the fact that this life is a yeah. paradox. And I truly believe in polarity. And that's kind of what keeps everything together. And to have things that are known can only be known because there's the ultimate unknown. And just sitting in the comfort over the fact that that will always exist. And it's not to be something that's feared or, you know, not feared. It's just the sitting in, in the understanding that this whole life is a, is a complete polarizing paradox. One of the best decisions I ever made for my overall health was getting completely off moldy coffee. If you are on a mission to get to the bottom of mystery symptoms and feel your best in life, this is something you need to know about. I have now lost count of the hundreds of people who tell me they have given up on coffee and caffeine not because they wanted to, but because they thought they had to. Because every time they drink it, they feel shaky, anxious, brain foggy, have skin reactions or digestive issues. I then explained to them that, my love, you are more likely having a reaction to the mold and pesticides in your coffee, not the caffeine. 
The sad and shocking reality is that up to 91% of coffee beans used in America are contaminated with mold, not to mention the 42 different chemicals and pesticides sprayed on most coffee beans before they are even harvested. So if you have persistent, unexplained brain fog, sore joints, fatigue, immune issues, or other mystery symptoms, it could be from moldy coffee you are unknowingly pouring into your precious body every day. No pill, no potion is going to help us feel better if we don't first remove the negative stimulus like the moldy coffee. Here's the great news. If you love coffee, you don't have to give it up. Every day I drink delicious, mold-free, pesticide-free coffee that supports my overall health in the best way. It's my Reishi King Coffee. King Coffee is organic coffee mixed with the spores from reishi mushrooms. This unique and potent combination allows me to enjoy coffee while also supporting my hormones, my immune health, my nervous system, my digestion, my mood, my stress levels, and so much more. If King Coffee was a pop star, she would absolutely be Beyonce, potent and divine. If you love coffee, I invite you to ditch the mold and try King Coffee for yourself. It was one of the best decisions I ever made for my health. I can't and won't go back. To learn more about what makes Reishi Spores and King Coffee so unique, you can check out episode number six of this podcast. And to grab your King Coffee, do not buy on Amazon. That is illegal and expired product. Instead, go to themedicine.myorganogold.com and search for King Coffee. You can also just check the show notes or my Instagram bio for a direct link. Bringing you only the best and only what I'm obsessed with. Cheers, boo. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I've gotten from Alan Watts for sure is that we like to think that things are black and white, but when you take things so far, you kind of come around full circle and you become what you oppose. And mm-hmm. he gives so many examples of, you know, if, if you're trying to uh, never be wrong and you're, you're, you always want to be right, well, you end up becoming really ignorant. So the quest to seem smart, you become really ignorant. Yeah. You know, if, if you only want money and that's all you're pursuing and you forget about quality time and friends and family, you're actually quite poor. You're quite empty. And there's all these you know, I can go down the list. I'm blanking on some examples, but pretty much any movement that's like anti something, if it goes anti hard enough, it kind of becomes that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So true. Perfectly put. We're, we're seeing that everywhere. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on to video three. Thank you, Alan Watts. Um, this one is called the benefit of a mental breakdown with two homies, Joe Rogan and Duncan Trussell. That's it. Fuck, man. And it's like, then that gets inside of you. And now you're just a turbulent, you have a turbulent self that has digested a version of the world that's only half true. And so because of that, you're going to be half a person because you're not looking into like your own, whatever the fuck you are. You ever, you ever have a friend go crazy on you? Yeah. 
I've had friends that like legitimately lost their mind. I can't talk to them anymore. Like like you would talk to him about events, and his version of events were just like so not what actually happened. And you go, oh, this is a person that's lost their marbles. People that just can't keep it together anymore, and for whatever reason, whether it's a combination of life stress and biological situation, whatever the fuck they've got going on, you know, uniquely in their own brain. But some people just all of a sudden not there anymore, not keeping it together. The brain is an organ and it malfunctions and and sometimes you go nuts and that's and you get stigmatized for it, which really sucks because if you like because that just adds to the problem. Like if you you know, I, I you see somebody in a cast and you're like, oh, what happened to your arm? And they'll tell you, oh, you know, whatever. I fell down. But you, you talk to someone who's been like hospitalized for a few weeks and they tell you, yeah, I had to go to the hospital. I had a nervous breakdown. I went crazy, shit my pants, threw my dog <laughs> through a window. You're like, <laughs> you're like, you know, you, you'll want, you want to be compassionate, but there's some part yeah. of you that's like, oh, now this is a crazy person. Mm. It's like, it's just the, something happened. The operating system temporarily crashed. And, I, and quite often, I think that could be a very good thing. I think that having your your personality or your ego um, or uh, crash can often mean that you were trying to be somebody that you aren't. And some mm-hmm. people invest so much energy, so much energy. Self-defining. To, yeah, they just want to be something, you know. They, they Since they were a kid, their mother was telling them you should be like this. And then they try to be like this and they hold up this thing. They're always working to hold up this giant tail feather and it, it, their arms start shaking and then they can't <laughs> hold it up. And that's that's when they have like anger outbursts or suddenly like their friends are like, you you turned into someone that I've never met. I don't even know who that is. It's like, no, that is you met them. You met underneath the tail feather, the seething sea of anger and disappointment and sadness. They that you met that thing that they're they're trying to avoid by looking up at this mask that they're holding up to the world. But that fucking seething sea of disappointment, and anger and horror and sadness. That's where it's at, man. You got to go into that thing. And for some people, the only way they can go into that is by having a full scale nervous breakdown because then they can have permission to dive into that into that awful vortex of darkness because underneath that vortex of darkness is paradise underneath that that's love and happiness and joy and connection and tranquility and all that stuff and everyone thinks that the way to get to that point is by avoiding this awful black forest that surrounds the garden of eden which is inside everybody it's inside everybody it's there it's there. But until you address the internal structures that you haven't acknowledged, you're always going to go back to that place where you find yourself morose and depressed and angry and you don't know why. You always go back to that place until you sit with the sadness inside of you. You have to do that. Love, Duncan. <clears throat> that was great. I absolutely love Duncan Trussell. He's a bucket list, uh, bucket list get, guest for this show. Um, he is a philosopher of our times. <laughs> I love that. It's a great transition off of alan watts who's very elegant and we got two bros just bullshitting and probably smoking some weed and just talking (laughs) about the meaning of life and um this one is so fun because it gives approval for this thing that humans dread so much which is god forbid you lose your mind a little bit god forbid you have mental uh illness or you have moments of of these deep valleys and these dark spaces in your life and it's it's looked at like it's the ultimate failure, yet there is profound breakthroughs in so many of them. You know what for you, Mark, uh, 
comes up when you watch this video, you know, what was it like when you were, you know, artistically representing this conversation between uh, Joe and Duncan? Yeah, I've always um, been drawn to comedians and like so much of my channel deals with like deep philosophies or scientific ideas. And I find that comedians are such a nice breath of fresh air yet at the same time, they really touch on these dark truths. Like I've done uh, George Carlin. Um, I'm blanking on a few names, but Dave a lot Chappelle. of Joe Rogan, Dave yeah, Chappelle, Chappelle, Kevin Hart. Uh, I want to do a Tim Dillon one. I sent him oh, a message yeah. and he's busy right now, but you know, Tim Dillon is hilarious, but he, while he's super funny and he just, he's like very free with his words. He also is incredibly smart. Mm. So I've gotten a lot out of his episodes, <clears throat> but um, yeah, I, I, it's been a while since I've watched these and just looking back on that one, it's, it's pretty funny. Like I was just straight up chuckling the whole yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Duncan is such a, such a funny guy, but like, you know, that he's, he's like been through some stuff and that's yeah. why you can talk about it. Yeah. 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 You know, one thing I pulled out there is, is having your personality or your ego crash is a good thing. Like this is just permission, everybody that, that midlife crisis or which happens like 12 times in a life and, yeah. and nobody actually, everybody thinks it's just like one time, but it can happen all the time. The seething sea of disappointment, of anger, of sadness, that is where it's at, man. <laughs> that is what you have to go into. And a mental breakdown is permission to finally go into that. Underneath that vortex of darkness, he says, is paradise, is love, joy, tranquility. Yet we all avoid it and we're scared mm -hmm. of it. And I think um, as, as the video goes on, Joe starts to mention that if we can start looking at these things like they're not red flags, they're signs of a potential breakthrough. These moments where you feel like you're having an ego death, a personality conflict is a good indication that you're not doing something that is your aligned with your core purpose or your core mission. And so if we can start to like reframe mental illness into just feedback that our intuition is giving us that we may not be doing what we sort of are called to do in this life, it can be a little more inspiring to just live life at large. Yeah, you said it. <laughs> yeah, that, was a, that was a fun episode. And I try to mix it up between like really heavy, serious topic and then something extremely light and something kind of funny. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of just reminded me that maybe it's time to get back to some of the, the lighter, funny ones mm. for the last like two years. We've been inundated with all the pandemic stuff and like literally every single expert's take on whatever field they're studying is that this is going to be the end of the world. Like you can go to climate change, you can go to pandemics, you can go to plastics in the ocean. You can go to like, like, <clears throat> like every forecast leads to like the end of the world. And it's like, for me, I'm exhausted of it. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I really don't want to, I don't want to beat that drum of like the world sucks and like everything's collapsing too much. Um, actually I'm kind of, I'm kind of over that. Like I want to just make things that are more about positivity and spirituality, but you definitely have to explore the dark side. Like, yeah. Yeah. like where, what Duncan Trussell says is that you have to, and Carl Jung talks about this a lot too, is you have to explore that shadow side. You need to, it's so important to know that, that good and evil is not external. It's all within your own heart. Mm -hmm. And if, if you are pointing the finger out at the external world and saying, that's bad, that's evil, 
that kind of just shows your lack of awareness of yourself that you don't know what you're capable of. Yeah. So, yeah. I, this watching, rewatching this clip and just what you were saying, Chase, at the, at the beginning of, um, kind of our breakdown reminded me of something that Paul check told us the last one, we were at a, a workshop of his and, um, you know, he posed this question and he said, if you could wave a magic wand and only keep the wisdom that you've attained through happy times, like birthday parties and magical psychedelic sex and all these joy-filled activities, right? Think about all the wisdom that you've acquired from those type of happy, joyous, exciting events, right? Now think about all the wisdom that you've gained due to pain and manipulation and heartache and uh, negativity and things that have gone wrong in your life that you have then had to learn from. If you could only keep one set of wisdom, which would you want to keep? And everyone was just like, oh my God, it gives so much um, purpose to negativity, pain, the dark stuff that's within us. Like it has to exist for us to continue to learn about ourselves and to continue to gain wisdom, I think. And I just love how he depicted that. And, And this clip really reminded me of that, where it's like, we don't, yeah, of course, we don't want all of these horrible things to happen to us every day. And, and like, we want to enjoy life, but it does give you a bit of a reframe when something negative is happening in your life. That's like, damn, this really sucks right now. But in a year, I'm going to look back and think, holy shit, I learned so much from that experience. Yeah, no, you said mm-hmm. it hard. Yeah. It's, it's being able to properly evaluate these dark times. I think in the self-development, spiritual space, oftentimes we bypass that. We bypass the ickiness of what it feels like to kind of be in the shitter. Mm. Or we, we do the opposite, which is chronic pessimism and negativity, which leads to like the world is ending type mindset. And you wake up every day thinking that not only is the air that I breathe going to kill me, but it's also, you know, everything that I watch on TV is, is propaganda. And, and I'm not saying those are wrong. I feel, I feel that uh, as well. But it's not allowing that to sink into your psyche and your your perspective and the decisions you make on a daily basis. So it is this happy medium between not spiritually bypassing and kind of like chronic positivity, um, realizing that if you sit in the darkness for a minute and just take inventory and observe about what's going on, um, you can actually take those realities. And we've been talking a lot about polarity understand that polarity exists so that if you're sitting in the darkness, it opens up the potential for something to be lighter, to be better. And that it's, it's a matter of stepping out of that and realizing what are the steps to get to this, you know, potential for polarity, this potential for something lighter. And I think that's, you know, really what you were speaking to. And, and obviously what these guys are, um, you know, joking about, but, but in reality, just really profoundly laying out the fact that we can just turn these things, despite how shitty they are into something greater. Mm. <clears throat> yeah so we, we we learn a lot from our suffering it seems like especially what paul check said <clears throat> but you know you can suffer dreadfully or you can suffer voluntarily yeah and um so you you're going to suffer no matter what but you can choose your suffering you can choose your sacrifice so um you know you might as well suffer to get to a great goal so and then face that face all that adversity voluntarily that's something I got from Jordan Peterson. 
and um, Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins says, uh, life can either happen to you or for you. So you can look at all, all the things before you as, oh man, this is just, why is this happening? Or you can say, all right, this is like my curriculum for my soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Earth lessons. What are, what are we here to learn? What, how can I take this situation or event and what is it, what sort of evolution is it nudging me towards? Yeah. Yeah. You know, one last takeaway for me on this one, um, they go on in the video to give another example, you know, so much of this is, and it's been a consistent theme throughout our conversation. Uh, it's attachment, it's attachment to labels and to identity. And uh, they go on in the, in the conversation to say, um, they're using an example of what they call the artist in the closet. Some people are fucking accountants wearing suits with their ties on tight. They're organized and disciplined, but inside they're probably painters. It's better to be an honest street sweeper than a dishonest king. And mm-hmm. that just strikes a massive chord with me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a former CPA. I'm a financial consultant background. I wore freaking ties and like <laughs> dressed up like with the suits, boardrooms on the top of skyscrapers. Hard to imagine now. And because I was he, fucking he... miserable and I was miserable. So I, this resonates deeply as, as we move into growing this podcast and and having conversations you know with people like you mark and it's just more artistic it's more myself and i had to go through this ego death uh to to get there and that was you know my health completely bottoming out getting divorced and some of these other things that that if we can just like we don't have to go through these shitty moments in our life um although they're profound and and can be really really beneficial for learning if you can just avoid like attaching yourself to labels um, you're probably going to miss out on some of the pain and sorrow of having to go through a personality death. Totally. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I love it. All right. We're going to move on to the last video. Uh, this one, this one made waves. Mm-hmm. This one, um, Alex Jones, the Alex Jones publicly claimed it was one of the best things he'd ever seen. This is called mass psychosis, how an entire population becomes mentally ill. This clip is a little longer. I don't know if that's, a, know if that's the best endorsement of the video. Yeah, it's going to turn off like 90%. Of it. <laughs> we might edit that out. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I, I, I appreciate Alex Jones quite a bit. It's gotten, He's funny. It's, this one has, has definitely made some, made some waves and, and uh, it's really, really powerful. The clip is a little bit longer. Um, so hang with us guys. Uh, but this one has some, just some absolute bombs. If a panic-triggering flood of negative emotions in a weak and vulnerable individual can trigger a psychotic break, then a mass psychosis can result when a population of weak and vulnerable individuals is driven into a state of panic by threats real, imagined, or fabricated. But as delusions can take many forms, and as madness can manifest in countless ways, The specific manner in which a mass psychosis unfolds will differ based on the historical and cultural context of the infected society. But in the modern era, it is the mass psychosis of totalitarianism that appears to be the greatest threat. Totalitarianism, writes Arthur Verse Lewis, is the modern phenomenon of total centralized state power, coupled with the obliteration of individual human rights. In the totalized state, There are those in power, and there are the objectified masses, the victims. In a totalitarian society, the population is divided into two groups, the rulers and the ruled, and both groups undergo a pathological transformation. 
the rulers are elevated to an almost godlike status, which is diametrically opposed to our nature as imperfect beings who are easily corrupted by power. The masses, on the other hand, are transformed into the dependent subjects of these pathological rulers and take on a psychologically regressed and childlike status. Hannah Arendt, one of the 20th century's preeminent scholars of this form of rule, called totalitarianism an attempted transformation of human nature itself. But this attempted transformation only turns sound minds into sick minds, for as the Dutch medical doctor who studied the mental effects of living under totalitarianism wrote, there is in fact much that is comparable between the strange reactions of the citizens of totalitarianism and their culture as a whole, on the one hand, and the reactions of the sick schizophrenic on the other. The social transformation that unfolds under totalitarianism is built upon and sustained by delusions. For only deluded men and women regress to the childlike status of obedient and submissive subjects and hand over complete control of their lives to politicians and bureaucrats. Only a deluded ruling class will believe that they possess the knowledge, wisdom, and acumen to completely control society in a top-down manner. And only when under the spell of delusions would anyone believe that a society composed of power-hungry rulers on the one hand, and a psychologically regressed population on the other, will lead to anything other than mass suffering and social ruin. But what triggers the psychosis of totalitarianism? As was explored in the previous video of this series, the mass psychosis of totalitarianism begins in a society's ruling class. The individuals that make up this class, be it politicians, bureaucrats, or crony capitalists, are very prone to delusions that augment their power, and no delusion is more attractive to the power-hungry than the delusion that they can and should control and dominate a society. When a ruling elite becomes possessed by a political ideology of this sort, be it communism, fascism, or technocracy, the next step is to induce a population into accepting their rule by infecting them with the mass psychosis of totalitarianism. This psychosis has been induced many times throughout history, and as Mirlu explains, it is simply a question of reorganizing and manipulating collective feelings in the proper way. The general method by which the members of a ruling elite can accomplish this end is called menticide, with the etymology of this word being a killing of the mind. And as Mirlu further explains, menticide is an old crime against the human mind and spirit, but systematized anew. It is an organized system of psychological intervention and judicial perversion through which a ruling class can imprint their own opportunistic thoughts upon the minds of those they plan to use and destroy. Priming a population for the crime of menticide begins with the sowing of fear. When an individual is flooded with negative emotions, such as fear or anxiety, he or she is very susceptible to a descent into the delusions of madness. Threats real, imagined, or fabricated can be used to sow fear, but a particularly effective technique is to use waves of terror. Under this technique, the sowing of fear is staggered with periods of calm, but each of these periods of calm is followed by the manufacturing of an even more intense spell of fear. And on and on the process goes. Or as Mirlu writes, each wave of terrorizing creates its effects more easily after a breathing spell 
than the one that preceded it because people are still disturbed by their previous experience. Morality becomes lower and lower, and the psychological effects of each new propaganda campaign become stronger. It reaches a public already softened up. While fear primes a population for menticide, the use of propaganda to spread misinformation and to promote confusion with respect to the source of the threats and the nature of the crisis helps to break down the minds of the masses. Government officials and their lackeys in the media can use contradictory reports, nonsensical information, and even blatant lies, as the more they confuse, the less capable will a population be to cope with the crisis and diminish their fear in a rational and adaptive manner. Confusion, in other words, heightens the susceptibility of a descent into the delusions of totalitarianism. Or as Mirlu explains, logic can be met with logic, while illogic cannot. It confuses those who think straight. The big lie and monotonously repeated nonsense have more emotional appeal than logic and reason. While the people are still searching for a reasonable counter-argument to the first lie, the totalitarians can assault them with another. Never before in history have such effective means existed to manipulate a society into the psychosis of totalitarianism. Oof. All right. That was <laughs> one where it's like, everybody's yeah. got to watch this whole video. Yeah, you, There, you, there are you so must. many nuggets and important definitions. Uh, this, this, this whole video is just putting awareness of these uh, indirect, you know, things that could be happening to us while we experience life by these various power structures. Um, this was extremely powerful for anybody who's ever watched it. I know this video like completely went viral. Take us through a little bit your process for putting this together, you know, after it dropped, what, it, what was it like, you know, for you, tons of feedback on this one, you know, what were some of the themes that were coming up that you saw as really impactful? Take us a little bit through that, that whole mm. process. Mm. Well, this one was exciting because uh, the, the group I collaborated with was Academy of Ideas, and I've been wanting to collaborate with them for years. Like, I, I love their content. They're, they're probably my favorite YouTube channel. They put so much effort into their scripts, but they don't really have any visuals to go along with them. They might put some pictures or just some text. So I, I've always reached out to them over the years and saying, hey, I'd love to you know, animate some of your thoughts. And this one kind of just came together perfectly. They, they had been doing a lot of content around mass psychosis. And we decided to take all their content and just merge it into one superscript. And I remember uh, seeing that script when they sent it to me, and, and I got like chills while I was reading it because I was like, "This, this is big." Like I, I could sometimes, you know, you make a video, you you put it out there, you don't know if it's going to be a hit or not. Like this one, I'm like, "This is this is like describing what's going on. Like everybody can feel that there's something wrong happening right now, but we can't put our finger on it. We can't describe it." And this so accurately just laid it all out. And it was like just massive truth bomb after truth bomb, like you said. And so I really like, I put an extra effort into this animation. Like I put everything I had into this one and it's 21 minutes, which is fairly long. Like typically I, I used to do like two minute videos, but now I try to make them over 10 minutes usually, but 21 minute, you know, you think, oh, that could have been like three videos. That could have been three, seven minute videos. <clears throat> but I put everything I had into this and like pretty much when I finished it, I was just like, 
exhausted because I put every, like every image like took hours and hours of just thinking about that image. And there's a lot of symbolism. I've over the course of, of this journey, I've gotten really into like, everything has uh, symbolism down to like how I represent each color, like the color of a flower, what that means. So like <clears throat> a lot of the stuff, the viewer is probably not even consciously aware of, but they're, they're, they're getting it. Like I'm, I'm sneaking in these little, it's not even sneaking. It's just kind of building off the previous video and adding more symbols to that. <clears throat> so this one was just jam packed with all sorts of iconic imagery and you know, it really makes you think about like the direction our world is going in and, and yeah, it's, it's really like kind of awakening. And <clears throat> the good thing about it was um, I deliberately chose to stay very neutral politically uh, in all, in all my stuff I mostly do, but uh, it's funny because people of both political parties and all ideologies could watch this video. And the funny thing is all the comments when you read it, everybody thinks it's about the other side. Yeah. Right? You see all these uh, liberal progressive people saying, wow, this describes Trumpers perfectly. They're all brainwashed. And yeah. then you have these, uh, I guess, Republicans or, you know, very anti-liberal people saying, wow, this describes the, the people wearing masks perfectly. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I, I was glad that I just stayed neutral on that and didn't kind of like, because I just did another collaboration with them uh, a few weeks ago. And I kind of went a little bit harder on, it was about um, safety, the, the desire for safety yeah. leads to mental illness. And I did portray a lot of the, uh, the people who were striving for safety as like mask wearers, because that's an easy way to represent them. Mm -hmm. But it did, it did turn off. It, it did upset quite a few people that I guess are attached to the mass. <clears throat> Whatever, yeah. that's fine. But yeah, yeah <clears throat> it's good to stay neutral if you can. I wonder what they were actually upset about because something that we talk about all the, all the time is what's the thing behind the thing? Are they actually upset that you depicted you know, masks and maybe a negative light associated with someone who's trying to overachieve something like safety? Or is there something deeper? And I would venture to say that there is probably something, whatever, wherever you land, I'm just using this as an example. But when people are outraged and they're, you know, angry enough to leave a hateful comment on someone's page or whatever, what are they actually angry at? I would venture to say that some of them probably are angry at the fact that they're learning from your video and they don't want to. Yeah, I think learning that they've been subject to these types of control mechanisms and that that is triggering anger and the default mode to respond to anger in our world is to blame. Mm -hmm. And it's extremely easy just we've been put we've almost been given like Hey, when you get pissed, here's the list of people you need to blame. And <laughs> Your it, parents, it, it's, yeah. depending on, depending on what position you're sitting yeah. in, you usually have a camp and that camp almost has like a, almost has like a flyer when you join the group. Hey, when you get pissed, um, you're going to have this, this is your top five as, as to far, as far as like who you need to blame when yeah. things go wrong, whether that's, you know, vaxxers, anti-vaxxers, uh, Republicans, Trumpers. Democrats, conspiracy theorists, scientific supporters. Yeah. 
it's like you almost have like a manual depending on what camp you're in that like hey eventually you're gonna get pissed when it happens you're gonna want to go uh hate mode on all of these five people so I'm, I'm assuming that's probably what's what's coming up for people um the start of this video and we we started like in the middle of the video the start of it goes through you know defining mass psychosis um walking through some historical uh references as far as like how it's looked uh throughout history you know like the witch hunts was brought up and just the the you know awful things that were done for out of this like group think mentality um and then slowly transitions it into just defining totalitarianism you know menticide which was a new concept to me it's it's a killing of the mind it's an old crime against the human mind and spirit, but systematized anew, an organized system of psychological intervention and judicial perversion through which a ruling class can imprint their own opportunistic thoughts upon the minds of those they plan to use and destroy. I think it's, I think that's Mayor Lou who, who yeah. uh, defines that as menticide. And, and that to me was like, oh shit, wow. Hey friends, if you're looking for the most pure, high quality mushroom powder and capsule extracts, look no further than our friends at Real Mushrooms. It's seriously overwhelming how many low quality mushroom products are out there that are bulked up with fillers and grains. Real Mushrooms is a family owned business with over 40 years of growing experience. Their organic mushroom extract formulas have been perfected over many years and contain zero grain fillers, just real mushrooms. Every batch is rigorously tested by a third party to ensure maximum potency and effectiveness. You could grab some cordyceps powder to help support sustained energy for your workouts or your busy day, or maybe one of their blends like the hot chocolate mix for a guilt-free indulgence for you and your kids. They also have a line for pets. To grab some real mushroom goods, just go to realmushrooms.com forward slash Mimi and use the code Mimi, M-I-M-I, at checkout to receive a nice hefty discount. And you can trust our mushroom loving hearts that we only bring you the best. Cheers. Hmm. <clears throat> it's just kind of wild how, how a, entire masses of people can can be conditioned and programmed into like I, I just right before this podcast I went and got these headphones I had to go to the mall in San Diego and I'm looking at all these stores and I'm like wow look at all these stores like and there's really they're really putting colorful things on display and I'm like oh maybe this is like the roaring 20s you know we're coming out of uh just like they came out of a pandemic in a late in 1918 and then we came into the roaring 20s. Everybody want to wear bright, colorful clothes with flowers. Like every store seemed to have really bright, colorful floral patterns. And I was like, that's cool. And then this huge military jet just like zipped over our heads, super loud. And I, I looked up and I was like blown away by it. And I just watched this jet for a while. And then I looked around and not a single person even looked up. <laughs> and I was thinking, have we been conditioned that much to just think that that's totally normal? Oh, just to a rocket jet just flies over our head while we're in this like consumer environment, this yeah. maze. And this is all normal. You know, yeah. we're just going to look at our screens. Like this is all happening. This is 
Yeah. The way that you depict in, in a lot of your videos, the way that you depict someone who is maybe not so present, maybe um, easily manipulated or deluded or taken control of the easiest way for you to do that. It seems like is to just show someone down with their head down a hunch on their back, always the hump back, right? Because of posture. And, you know, it, it really, you know, is a mirror, even for myself. In, immediately when I see your drawing of those people that are easily manipulated, they're always looking at their phones. They're always looking at this little computer screen that is a wonderful tool, but it's also uh, a root cause for so much like pain and toxicity in our world. And it is an immediate like check-in with myself. Like, where am I at on the scale of, you know, just being one of these hunchback people in one of your videos? Yeah. Uh, as an artist, you kind of do uh, rely on some visual cues to convey the message. And one of the quickest ways to convey that somebody is not doing well is really bad posture. And they're kind of breathing from their mouth. Yeah, yeah their are mouths two, are always open. They're always mouth breathing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. And uh, a lot of bags under their eyes too, right. which kind of adds to that they're tired from doing nothing. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. True. One of the depictions I love is it's, it's that, that archetype, that person who is hunched over and, and clearly, um, you know, unconscious, but the top of their head's cut off and there's, you know, these like, um, robot arms dropping like a little Amazon icon or like a Facebook icon, uh, into their, in CNN, into their brain. And I think, again, I think that's something that, that hits pretty, pretty deeply for people in, in our modern world. Um, all of this, you know, this, this entire video, it's it, unfortunately like our clip had to be cut short a little bit, uh, but we did mention this, this idea that things come in in waves and there's these periods of calm. And as you're even mentioning your story of being at the mall where it seems like things are calm, like, Hey, maybe things are better. You know, maybe we're, maybe we're rolling out of this thing yet in the background, there's a military jet flying overhead. And it's this idea, you know, I don't know for, for a fact, but it just seems like even in these moments of calm and you're in this environment that seems safe and, and um, you know, abundant, there are these other things going on in the background and that there could be this further narrative that is just continuing to get pushed up a scale of, you know, extremism and, and power control. And it's not to scare the shit out of people. It's just to bring awareness on the fact that like, Hey, be aware of your surroundings. Um, take note of, certain elements of control that may be showing up in your life and just get real present to how you can navigate this landscape without slipping into some, you know, control funnel of the powers that be in the world. And I think that's a big takeaway for me on this and um, is just heightening my awareness, especially through, through the definitions that have been provided in this video of what may be going on that I can't totally see right in front of me. Mm. Totally. Yeah. The response from this particular video was, was like overwhelming. Um, I've only had a few videos like truly kind of go viral and this was one of them. And <clears throat> just the, the amount of people sharing it from all spectrums was, was nuts. And the feedback was, was awesome. And so we're, we're currently in the works of a, a sequel to that one, mm. the Academy of Ideas, but they, I mean, clearly they work super hard on their yeah. scripts, so it yeah. does take a long time. So I don't know when that's going to come out, but it's definitely going to happen eventually. 
Awesome. Yeah, you can tell that they they work really hard or, or at least they're very intentional with every single word that they choose. And, and I really love that. I, I think one last thing for me on this video that really stood out to me is, you know, I think you mentioned it, um, Mark, at the beginning of our breakdown, but you know, it's, it's easy to look at this kind of mass psychosis phenomenon and think that it is not happening to you at all, that it's always the other, it's the other guy, it's them over there on the other side. And, um, you know, some people may even deny that it's happening, right? Like, because it's easier to fool someone than it is to convince someone that they've been fooled. Mark Twain. Yeah. But I, you know, I thought of that and in this video, when you, at the beginning of this video, when you guys go watch the whole thing, you'll see that they start with the individual. Mm -hmm. They start with, this is how an individual could become deluded on an individual level. And it's showing you, you know, the um, isolation and the, you know, influx of external, you know, ideas and concepts and fear, right? When you, when you look at someone, you're like, okay, given the recipe of what this person has gone through, it makes sense that they would be kind of a little crazy, that they would be acting maybe out of character than they usually do historically. And when you distill it down to the individual, it's not so far-fetched at all. So why wouldn't it happen on a mass collective level? You know, we're all made of the same stuff. And a lot of us are walking around you know, a a little (laughs) unconsciously. And if you're not like attuned and really have this relationship with your own intuition that can, you know, kind of like, "Mm, that seems fishy, you know, and you kind of like just push back a little bit. Sometimes that breath that like, huh, let me think about that for a day before I respond is all you need to tune into your intuition and and be like, "Eh, I think that was BS. I don't think that that's real. And sometimes that's all we need to avoid something like joining the masses in this mass psychosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, towards the end of the, what's really nice about that video is he provides a, a pretty good solution to combat it at the end, which, you know, those type of videos are usually just all doom and gloom and then there's no light at the end, but they provide such a nice solution about uh, you create these um, alternate structures within a totalitarian state which is um it's kind of like a breakaway society that kind of ignores all the rules and kind of like lives free within this like dark world yeah and when you have one person who kind of awakens that gives hope that's a beacon of hope to others yeah i think he called it a parallel society yeah i have it it in my notes like to tell everybody this isn't just a doom and gloom episode you know later on in the video uh you're speaking to it exactly. It's it's uh, defined as a parallel structure from uh, Vaclav Havel or Havel, however I'm mispronouncing that. And he defines it as any form of organization, business, institution, technology, or creative pursuit that exists physically within a totalitarian society, yet morally outside of it. He noted that these parallel structures were more effective at combating totalitarianism than political action. Furthermore, when enough parallel structures are created, a second culture or a parallel society spontaneously forms and functions as uh, a bed of freedom and sanity within a totalitarian world. And that's what you're speaking to. Like we have felt this over the last two and a half years. It's creating community and it's creating tribe that, that collectively decide, 
hey, I'm not, I'm not going to subscribe to this. Sorry. I'm not going to um, give away my opportunities for fun and creativity and for vibrancy and, and health just because somebody is telling me that we should be staying inside, not connecting with other human beings, you know, putting things in our body that, that don't necessarily go along with the way that we understand health to be. And so I think this is such a perfect example of what we can all do just right now, which Mm -hmm. is human connection, relationships, getting in touch with other people and creating your own collective set of guidelines on how you want to live your life. And, And that's what like literally just this relationship, like how many times have we gotten together over the course of the last two years and been like, fuck the rules. Let's yeah. Just have when some we fun. weren't supposed to. Yeah. I, I was thinking like, you know, what we have is kind of like a little parallel structure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I, I'm so encouraged because there, there are a lot of creators that have created, you know, parallel structure can be super small or it can be huge. Like it can be what like JP Sears comes to mind. Yeah. yeah. That guy's done such a wonderful job of like poking fun at this and it, you know, while, while at the same time highlighting these truths that are happening, um, you know, I, I actually think that it's, it's because of comedians and people that are like Russell Brand that are pointing this stuff out and Joe Rogan that that maybe we haven't had just like a wave of totalitarianism just sweep over yeah. us. Like it's these people that kind of stood up and and make everybody else feel like maybe I'm not crazy. OK, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, comedy absolutely. is such a Trojan horse mm-hmm. for the individual to be able to learn something because they let their, they let their guard down, they let their armor down and they're laughing. And when that, when that the nervous system response is more relaxed and open like that, you can actually receive some of these potentially disturbing things should they have been communicated in another way. Uh, But you're able to handle it in a less, you Mm -hmm. know, fight or flight type, type way. And I, I perfectly put, I think that through comedy and through humor, it almost disempowers the authority or the, the scary, you know, ruling whatever. Yeah. Um, they're not capable of, of humor. Exactly. Yeah. They can't yeah. even yeah. exist on that plane. It's like a, it's like a Boggart in Harry Potter. If you've seen it, um, it's, you know, the way to get rid of this creature that comes out of this closet. That's your worst fear. You know, it's, it's uh, animating your worst fear, your greatest fear. The, the trick is to make something silly out of it and it disappears. It turns into something that is like laughable and a, a, a total HP nerd um, <laughs> analogy there, but it, it's um, I think a good example, like JK Rowling has so many of these themes. Oh, yeah. She, she is uh, on another level. Like she's, she's tapped in and she, she knows that laughter and community and breaking bread together, you know, so to speak, um, is really medicine for people who are experiencing something along the lines of totalitarianism. And I just want to put a, an invite out there that the medicine can be a, a, a parallel society. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, we want to create our own rules and, and as Mark would say, create your own side. And, um, yeah, you can be on our side, come, come hang with us in, in this parallel society. That's right. Well, great note. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're invited too, Mark. You're part of it. You're, yeah, all yeah. You're one of the, you're one of the founders. You're one of the founders. You're, you're complete OG. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. All right, guys. That's, that's pretty much everything we had today. Um, last quote, closing quote pulled out of the, the mass psychosis video. Uh, it's from Thomas Paine. It says tyranny like hell is not easily conquered yet we have this consolation with us that the harder the conflict the more glorious the triumph 
we've talked about it through pretty much every video. There's this thing called polarity. Uh, there's this profound wisdom, knowledge, uh, you know, ability to gain insight through working through the shit, working through this darkness. So Mm -hmm. even if things consuming some of this content or even listening to this conversation seem like Jesus Christ, like (laughs) the world is coming to an end. This is the indication that there is opportunity, that there is goodness and light and new community and real relationships and abandoning labels on the other side of all of this. And so they're actually good things. Get familiar with them. Don't mm-hmm. let them don't let them turn into uh, a slippery slope down to pessimism, um, but rather pivot them into, you know, stepping stones to something greater, something better. And I think that's the opportunity that we all have. So, yep, absolutely. Um, yeah. Any closing words, my friends? Well, I want to hear from Mark, you know. We've, we've asked you these questions before, but uh, I'm curious what your answer is today. The medicine, as you know, is all about building and creating uh, a life that you absolutely love and doing that through conscious relationships. And so uh, I would love to hear from you what feels like medicine. Uh, we'll start with your body. What currently feels like medicine for your body? Well, I'm always a fan of exercise. That's been my top priority since day one. And I don't do anything with my day until I've gotten a good workout in that can be brushed off as like, Oh, he's just trying to look good or something. No, it's, it's kind of about like, you're going to suffer no matter what, like we've talked about. So you should voluntarily seek out suffering. So like go work out as hard as you can go, go to the MMA gym and get punched in the head and (laughs) then like, you know, leave, leave that gym and the sun will be so much brighter and like, you'll get some angry email from somebody. And after you've been armbarred three times, you kind of just, you're like, oh, you know, this, this doesn't mean much. You yeah. Know, the guy that flicked me off in traffic, he's just having a bad day. Yeah. So yeah, exercise is a big one. And then pick a, pick a noble aim in your life. Just, you have one life, you might as well pick the biggest noble aim you can and then just sacrifice everything to get to that noble aim Mm, i love Mm, that noble aim gonna remember that and what about for your mind what feels like medicine for your mind right now well i think (laughs) psilocybin mushrooms comes yeah i've gotten a lot of out of um, psychedelics that's for sure Mm. so you know when used responsibly you can get some big downloads for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Teachers as uh, Terrence would say. Uh, what lastly, what about for your relationships or relationship? What do you feel like is medicine for your relationship? <clears throat> um, just being conscious, you know, um, I think just being conscious of your partner goes so far, you know, when I'm, um, we slip in, when we slip into the subconscious programs, that's how we fall out of love. And we start behaving in ways that are completely unfamiliar to our partner. <clears throat> but those first couple of dates or, you know, interactions with any new friend, but <clears throat> when you first are engaging with that new partner, you're so incredibly conscious of the way you're sitting, of the way you button up your shirt before you go to meet with them, where you're going to go eat, what you're going to do. You're conscious of everything that you say. And, you know, just being super conscious of your partner can go so far. And once, but then over time, we slip out of that conscious state and we kind of just go home, flip on the TV, don't even say what's up to them. 
And so it's just about, if you never slip out of that conscious state, you'll never fall out of love. Mm. Mm. Love it. Mic drop right there. Wow. That was great. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us and sharing just your gifts with the world. Like, um, it's, it's your, your art, your work is such a breath of fresh air, even the deep, you know, kind of scary things out there. It's just a breath of fresh air at the end of a long day when, um, you know, we're, we're relaxing and, and we're so glad we're so honored to, uh, you know, be able to, to call you friend as well. So, so grateful Aww. for you. <clears throat> Well, you guys are the best <laughs> and I look forward to hanging out with you in person soon. Yes. Yeah, let's do it soon. Uh, thank you so much, Ben. We love you so much. And uh, guys check out after school. If you haven't, I know you're already just drinking from the fountain of knowledge when it comes to this YouTube channel. Um, but, but share with your friends, uh, send Mark some love or some feedback if you feel so compelled to do so. And uh, you know, he's not going anywhere as far as putting out great content and as far as being an extension of the medicine podcast. So hopefully we can keep these awesome collaborations going. Yeah, we can uh, put all the links um, in the show notes for sure. I mean, easy, just search after school on YouTube. And also something that I want to throw out there is um, Mark and after school have a Patreon, which we, uh, we support, you know, it's, you know, a couple bucks a month, but we really, it's, and it's more about the energetics of what kind of world do I want to live in? I want to live in a world where people like Mark and, and ideas like this are being put out there. And so if something resonated with you and you really want to, you know, put the amount of dollars that a a Starbucks coffee would be towards someone like Mark, who's doing really amazing things. I just want to invite you to that. And if your intuition is nudging you there, that would be a really um, conscious and energetically positive thing to put your money towards. Oh, that is so kind. (laughs) Yeah. If people out there are watching the video and they can see my studio, they clearly can see that I'd need the money. (laughs) (laughs) It is uh, quite amazing. Love it. It's quite amazing what you you can do. Expo markers are not cheap. Yeah. Yeah. If Expo is not sponsoring (laughs) you, they should be. Yeah, seriously. Come on. They're not. And I've written letters to them. Really? Wow. Wow. Well, thank you guys so much. We know this is a long episode. I'm glad you uh, were here and listening and filling your day with um, this goodness. And if you loved it, if you liked it, we would love to hear from you. Uh, We love every single share and comment. Um, If you can let us know, you know, this was a different type of episode. And and we like to know, you know, what do you guys want to hear more of? What do you love? What do you wish was different? What do you, you know, what do you want from us? We, We love delivering that for you. So let us know what you thought, share it with your homies, send it to someone you love. We appreciate every single share. It honestly helps awaken our world. Yep. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Go spread some light. Bye. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more from Mark, check out episode number 29, where Mark shares more of his personal backstory with us and how after school was born, how he went from teachers in school criticizing his outside the norm technique to reaching global masses with his art. Cheers and love.